Hello, everybody, and welcome back inside for another edition of the TBH Sports Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Henry. It is the most wonderful time of the year. October is upon us. MLB baseball about to get into its postseason as NFL and college football roll on, and we have got a lot to talk about. Here to help me break it all down, it is recurring guest and friend of the show, Ethan Jordan. Ethan, so good to have you back, and no F1 to talk about, but uh, I'm just as excited for today's episode. Oh, no doubt. Uh, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. The baseball postseason is the best thing in all of sports. The NFL is in full swing. October is just a great month in general. And so I am very happy right now. I I would say pretty consistently, I think at least 60 to 70, more so this year, percent of the baseball games that I watch are in the postseason. But I don't miss many postseason baseball games. So we will have a conversation about that. We'll talk about the wild card games. Um, and then we will actually dedicate an entire episode to setting the stage for the MLB playoffs. But first, we have got a lot to talk about on the gridiron. Let's start with some power rankings. Uh, this is not something that we have done up to this week. I kind of like to give it a few weeks to, to simmer because there are obviously all the over and under reactions for the first couple of weeks. But, you know, after a four-game sample size, you kind of have an indication of who these teams are. Before we get to the teams that matter, let's really quickly, just for fun, Ethan, I, w- I was curious. I-, I asked you to prepare this. Uh, wh- who are your, give me your 28 through 32. Give me your five worst teams in the league in order. I'm just curious to see if we match up on this. Okay, team number 28 is the Detroit Lions. Interesting. Okay, okay. I like the Lions better than a lot of other teams. Okay. But they're 0-4, so they have to be here. Okay, I've got them I've got them at, uh, at 30, uh, but I also like them better than teams that have wins, so. Uh, team number 29 is none other than my New York Jets. Yep. Um, they pulled themselves out of the bottom three with a win over the Titans. That win was more an indictment against the Titans than a good thing for the Jets. But you know what? They have a win. They are no longer in the bottom three. Sure. I've got them right at 29 as well, so we completely agree there. Who you got at 30? This is a team I really wanted to put in the bottom two, but there's just two teams that were worse. I really badly wanted to put this team in the bottom two, but uh, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. My gosh. What a joke this season has been for the Falcons. (laughs) They look terrible. And I know they beat the Giants one time, but Man, they it, there just doesn't seem to be much of a plan moving forward either. Like the Falcons are the probably the second team I would choose if you're like, what team would you least want to be a fan of? And I think the Falcons would be number two on that list. That's fair. And then number thirty one is the team that would be number one on that list, the Houston Texans. Gross. Like there, there's no plan. They don't know what they're doing, but they won a game, so they're not last. That's and fair. Of course, and of course, dead last is the team that the Texans beat. My goodness, the Jacksonville Jaguars just look abysmal. I mean, they just look lost. It, it's really ugly. I, I, I don't know. It, I get Trevor Lawrence and all that. They have a better future than the Texans, but right now they just look abysmal. And, and if you're just ranking them on this year, the Jaguars are, have been by far the worst team in the league. They look awful. Well, I, Urban Meyer didn't look lost this weekend uh, after the game. <laughs> no, we, he did not. We, he looked uh, 
Oh boy, what a what a look for Urban. Oh uh, yeah, so my bottom five is pretty similar to yours. I've got the Jets at 28, the Lions at 29. I've got the Falcons at 30, the Texans at 31, and the Jaguars at 32. I actually, I understand that they don't have a win yet. I still think the Lions have looked better than the Falcons this year. Like, I just do. The Falcons, oh. like you said, they're, they're a train wreck. I, I really didn't even want to put the Lions in the bottom five. I don't think they're a bottom five team in the NFL, but... They're 0-4, so they just snuck in there. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we are going to do something we don't normally do, but we really should do on this show more often. We're going to ignore a lot of the irrelevant middle-tier teams that are either just irrelevant or, you know, for, for whatever reason. We're not going to go into to depth about some of these teams uh, like the Bengals and probably not the Titans. Um, but, Ethan, we are going to be breaking down our top 10 in reverse order here on our power rankings. Before we get to our top 10s, really quickly, I wanted to know, who do you have for, like, your just-out tier? Who, who do you have sitting at, like, 11, 12, and 13 that didn't make the cut for you? Um, because, again, I, I think we're going to have some disparity here. Yeah, there's only two teams that I had in my just-out that I would even consider putting in the top 10. There's a couple other teams that are, you know, maybe number 13, but I would never consider putting them in the top 10. Uh, the two teams that I have just-out are the Seahawks okay, and the Packers. Ooh, wow, wow, you have the Packers out of your top 10. I'm going to need an explanation on that, sir. Wow. Uh, It is less about the Packers than it is about the teams I have in my top 10. But the Packers, I get it. Ever since they lost to the Saints, they've looked better. I, I just... When it comes to the Packers, they didn't put away the Steelers like they should have. The Steelers aren't good. Ben Roethlisberger should have retired after last year. I mean, he's unplayable. He's not an NFL quarterback, and they couldn't put him away. And then, I don't know. They they didn't look that terrific against what I consider a fairly uninspiring 49ers team at this juncture. No, I'm not saying the 49ers can't jump back and be a contender because they should. They just have not been that great this year, and they've been injured again. And the Packers really didn't look great against them. So the Packers are just out. They're not. I'm not saying the Packers are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think there are ten teams that, to this point in the season, have looked better than the Packers. Does that mean I think these teams will go further in the playoffs than the Packers? No, not necessarily. But to this point in the season, ten teams have been better than the Green Bay Packers. Wow, that is that is a scar that that might be the hottest take you've ever dropped on this podcast. I I dig it. Um so for me the the tier I also have two teams in my just out tier. The Seahawks are one of them. I I I really I had higher hopes for what I thought Seattle would accomplish at this point in the season. Um and to this point they just have not done that. Um, and the other team that I have just sitting outside of this top 10, it's the Ravens. Um, look, I, I understand you look at the record, you look at, you know, what the Ravens have done this year. There are a lot of people that are, I think, getting lulled into a sense that this Ravens team is going to be okay. And, and I'm not convinced of that. Yeah, they're three and one. Yeah, they have the victory over the Chiefs. But you look at their other wins. They barely beat a Lions team that we just talked about as being one of the five worst teams in football. And then, of course, yeah, they get a 23-7 win over the Broncos. Who cares? They lost to a Raiders team that got exposed this week. Um, and again, that Chiefs secondary, we know about that. Kansas City is still a very good football team, but I just don't think the Ravens are a top 10 team at this point. Again, kind of like what you said with the Packers. I'm not saying that they can't get back into that top 10, um, but right now I just I don't have them in my personal top 10. We will, I will talk about the Ravens. I just do have them in my top 10, but we will talk about them in a moment. Are they your number 10 team? 
They are my number ten. Team. Well, let's just go ahead and keep it here then. Give me, give me your, give me your line here. What, what puts them inside your top ten as opposed to you know where I might have them just outside? I really thought that Broncos win was a quality win for them. Okay, uh, I forgot you're higher on the Broncos. That does change things. I know the Broncos only beat bad teams, but it wasn't just that the Ravens beat them. It's the way in which they beat the Broncos. Now. I'm not going to talk about the seven points the Broncos scored. Teddy Bridgewater got concussed. Drew Locke came in, and at that point, forget about any offense for the Broncos. But offensively, I like the way Lamar was throwing the ball downfield against a what I consider a pretty good Broncos defense. It's not an elite defense, but it's pretty good. And I really thought the Ravens' offense looked the best it had all season against a good defense. They, they're really high in terms of passing yards this year which is surprising and that has always been my complaint is can Lamar throw the ball downfield and he did and you know beating the Chiefs is not nothing uh, we will talk about the Chiefs I'm sure here coming up but that's not nothing that's that's a terrific team and the way they were able to come back against them I think highly of the Raiders as well so I, I don't hold that loss necessarily against them the Lions game, like I said, I don't think the Lions are a bottom five team in the NFL. They just happen to be 0-4, so they have to be there. I'm not saying the Lions are good, but games like that happen. But they still won the football game, right? They could have easily lost that game. I know Justin Tucker had to do it to him, But if you're not a, a good football team, you lose that game. That's the type of football game that bad football teams lose. No, really good football teams shouldn't be that close with the Lions, but they 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 did win, and both they and the Packers are three and one, and I think the Ravens' loss is better than the Packers' loss. Therefore, I got the Ravens in the top ten. All right, fair enough. Well, I, I think the Raiders or the Ravens rather are certainly an intriguing team. Really quickly, before we get any further into this, I did just want to make kind of a disclaimer. Um, so I was covering uh, Kent State women's soccer this Sunday, so I missed a majority of the early window games. I kind of had to go back and, and watch some highlights. I actually walked back into my apartment just to watch, just in time to see uh, the Giants walk off my Saints. Um, which wow, what a what a what a welcome home gift uh, for NFL yeah. Red Zone. Thanks, thanks, Scott Hansen. Um, but, you know, you threw an interesting team out there, and they're actually my number 10 team. So let's go ahead and talk about this team. Let's go ahead and talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this is a team that did get a little exposed this week. Granted, I, I think the Chargers are very good. I, I, I think very highly of this uh, L.A. team. And, and look, I think it's kind of close between the Raiders and the Ravens. Their head-to-head matchup is not the reason um, that I that I picked the Raiders over them. I just think that this Vegas offense is legit, and I think this defense is a lot more improved than we were expecting coming into the season. Um, I do not think this is a team that's going to make a lot of noise in the postseason, but I think this is one of those classic Raiders teams that's going to have a pretty shiny new record uh, when it comes to the postseason. I think they're going to have a pretty good run, um, and I'm expecting a lot of really good things out of this team. Derek Carr has looked a lot better better than he has in years past and I, I've never been on the train of you know Derek Carr is a terrible unstartable quarterback like some other people have um but I think the biggest thing with me this defense has just impressed me I have not expected this um and we're not accustomed to seeing this level of defense played from the Raiders so do I think they're going to do anything you know come December absolutely not um but I've got them as my 10th best team uh in the NFL right now that's we can. I can just roll on with that because I've got them at number nine. Ah, so. but we did not pre-plan this. This is just how. This is just how it rolls. And the Raiders are slightly ahead of the Ravens for me because they beat the 
Ravens. So, so that, that helps. And I still think somewhat highly of the Dolphins. And I'm not saying highly as in like, oh, they're a great team. But I, I think they're decent. And the, and the Raiders were, were able to beat them. Uh, the Steelers stink, but Roethlisberger hadn't looked as miserable at that point in the season. So that's a good win. They beat the Ravens. And then they lost to the Chargers, and I just don't think we can fault the Raiders for beating for losing to the Chargers when I think incredibly highly of the Chargers. Like that's an okay game to lose if you're in this lower part of the tier when you lose to a team that I consider in the upper part of it. And, and that's okay. Uh, and the Raiders are about to go win four games in a row, possibly. They got who they got? They got the Bears, the Broncos, the Eagles, and somebody else bad in their next four games. So, oh, the Giants. So the, the Raiders could theoretically be 7-1 and one after that stretch. And then they play the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I, I've liked what I've seen. I think you really hit the point well on the offense with Carr. I think he's got some weapons around him, especially once Josh Jacobs really gets back. Uh, I think he and Drake are a good tandem to have. And the defense, yeah, it just has that rebuilding of the defense has gone smoother than expected. And with the way Carr is playing right now, they don't need the defense to be perfect. They just need them to be competent. Sure. I think that's a good spot for them to be. And again, I also completely agree. I think that part of the reason their record could very well look amazing at the end of the year you look at where they finished last year, you look at the schedule that they got as a result. I mean, this team, they're going to have some chances to do some things here uh, in the coming weeks. You look at what the Raiders have coming up. It is not exactly a gauntlet uh, of teams. They do play in a really good division, obviously. I mean, I don't think the Broncos are a slouch. Um, but man, like you said, I mean, they're going to get the Bears, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Giants. They'll have to play the Chiefs, and then it's right back to the Bengals, the Cowboys, Washington, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be looking good heading into these final seven games of the season. But let's go ahead and keep it rolling here. Let's keep talking about some teams that we have ranked. Uh, let's move on to number eight. I don't know if this is going to come as a controversial did you get your number nine team. Too? Oh no, no, I absolutely did not. Let's uh, let's keep it at number nine in this case, and let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Wow. They've looked I can't much. Have them this low. They've looked much better than I expected, and it's not that I don't think they're a good team. I actually think Dallas has a more of a chance than some of the teams that I have. Well, maybe not some of the teams I've ranked ahead of them, but I think this Dallas team looks really good. I just don't think they look as good as the teams that I do have in front, with the exception of maybe 7 and 8, um, but I, I like some of the explosive components of those teams a little bit better. And look, I, I do think that part of my issue with Dallas this year is just that I have not had the chance to see as much out of them as I would like to. Um, like I said, I completely missed their game this week. I, I got to see bits and pieces of their game a week ago. I didn't even get to see that much out of the Bucks game. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think that similar to the Raiders, a lot of the things that concern me about the Cowboys coming into the season are not issues that have really reared their head when you look at the numbers and when you look at the highlights, which I've had a chance to see on film. I know it's not the same as watching the whole game. Um, so yeah, you know, again, maybe I'm wrong about Dallas, but like I said, I think the concerns that I had with Dallas coming into the season, they've, they've really shown some good things. Now, really quickly, before I turn this over to you, cause I know you disagree on my position here. Um, before we get too excited about Dallas, you know, again, I, I think they lose to a really good Bucks team. They win by three to a really good Chargers team. They handle the Eagles. Well, um, I don't read too much into a win over a CMC less Panthers team. Um, again, I, I just think I need to see a little bit more out of them before I, uh, before I start buying stock. Wow, I so I have the the Cowboys ahead of you, which I 
what a reversal that is from before the season. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we will talk about the uh, the Dallas Cowboys later. Uh, if we move on to number eight, I've got my uh, my other hot take. The Packers were the big one, but this is a little bit of a hot take, and I'm going to get maybe killed for this. This team, I, this is not an indictment against this team, first of all. I just like the seven teams ahead of them better. But at number eight, I have the Cleveland Browns. Ethan, buddy, do you want to guess who I have at number eight? It's the, the Cleveland Browns. Browns. Yeah, I completely oh, agree. Okay, I so completely agree. I, I, I'll, I I'll let you. I'll let you. Like... No, no, that's that's where I have them. I, I like the way you think. Okay. Okay. I, I thought you were gonna be one of those people who has them in the top five. Nah. And I was gonna get ripped here. Okay. Uh, first of all, and feel free to add on here, Tyler. First sure. of all, the Browns are amazing. And yes. The defense is amazing. It has looked really good. That rebuild has been so well thought out and so well constructed and so patient with that defense it's been really impressive and it's paying dividends right now a problem is if they are down in a football game i don't trust baker mayfield to go out and win it for him i have not been overly impressed with baker in fact i like his commercials more than i like the way he's playing on the football field right now like he hasn't been bad but he just hasn't been he hasn't shown me that he's that guy you're like all right baker you know we're down seven or, or even we're up seven, and we need you to go get some first downs so we can go win the football game. He hasn't been that guy. He needed to do it against the Chiefs. He didn't. I This Browns team lost to a Chiefs team that has been not as impressive as we thought they would be going into this year. I know that's their only loss, but I just don't trust Baker. Some I have some concerns about his offensive weapons. Odell's looked better, but... I still have some concerns in the receiver area. I like Chubb. I like Hunt. I like that combination. Offensive line is good. And again, it, it, it's less than I think the Browns are bad. I think they're going to walk away with that division in a landslide. It's that I like the other seven teams better. Yeah, I, I think we had this conversation. I can't remember if it was on or off the air coming into the season. And I said, look, I don't hate Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback that is not capable of winning a Super Bowl. Like I, you, you can't, I don't even think you can get to a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield. Um, I think you can get to an AFC championship game, but at the end of the day, like I, I don't trust him to, to design these things. And I think you, you brought it up. It was a really good point. Let's, let's throw the bears and Texans games out the window because I, I don't think those tell us a whole lot. Let's talk about the two games that have mattered for the Browns this year. They play the chiefs last possession of the game. Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Okay. Sure, give him another chance. They're up seven against the Vikings. They need to put him away. On first down, Odell breaks 20 yards downfield. He's wide open. Baker overthrows him by 10 yards. Then comes back and misses on two more passes. And the next thing you know, the Browns are playing it away. The Vikings have a chance to win. Now, they didn't come back and win that game, but... It's just more of the same of what we've seen from Baker. He's a really good quarterback, but late in games, I completely agree. I just don't trust him. And I think that when you have that weakness at quarterback, which again, it's not not an indictment on Baker as a bad quarterback. I just I look at the six teams or the seven teams that I have ahead of this ahead of them, and I just I say, you know, I, I just think that I like those teams better because I trust their quarterbacks more. Um, so that's a part of the reason I had them at eight, and I completely agree. I, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're the third best team in the AFC, but. Yeah, I just I don't trust them to I don't trust them to do a whole lot um, in in spots like that late in games. So speaking of teams that you know this this and, is uh, there's just oh go ahead go ahead. I just think there's seven teams that are better, and I think we're kind of on the same page there. Yep, I agree. So let's talk about uh we go from a team that has been pretty balanced on offense and defense. Let's talk about the least balanced team in the NFL. Uh, at number seven, 
I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this is yes. not to say that no, I... Hold on. Go hold ahead. on before you get into them. Plan this. I also have the Chiefs at number seven. Hey, look at this! Well, I swear, this is why we can't do ranking shows, because we, regardless of whether we compare notes before or not, uh, this always happens. So, uh, yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs, their offense is still awesome. Patrick Mahomes is still amazing. Tyreek Hill is still the most unguardable wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey is still an unstoppable monster. And Clyde has been underwhelming, but it doesn't really matter. The team is averaging 33.5 points a game. That's good for the second best mark in the league. Um, Great. Awesome. Good stuff. Cool. What about the defense? Well, the defense is the second worst in the league, uh, down there with Atlanta, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, and they're worse than most of the teams I just threw out there. They're giving up 31 points a game. Uh, the secondary can't stop anything. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. I just, (laughs) I want to get back onto the train of like Kansas City is still, this is the least confidence I've had in Kansas City's ability to make it to a Super Bowl since Patrick Mahomes was named the starter and won those first five games, right? Like, I think at this point in history, this is the lowest I have been on Kansas City. And I'm not one of these people that thinks they can't make it back to a Super Bowl. They certainly can. Um, But I'm looking around the AFC. I think there are two, maybe three teams that could certainly beat them out in an AFC championship game if they don't get their crap, if they don't get their crap together. That's just kind of where I'm at right now in Kansas City. Yeah. If you had told me in week, going into week five, I would have the Chiefs at number seven in my power ranking, I would have said, oh, did, you know, what happened? Did Kelsey go down? Did Hill go down? Like, what well, what happened? You know, if Mahomes went down, then forget it. They're not even in the top ten. But it, and I can't believe they're this low. But at some level, I'm surprised I'm putting them this high because of how poor their defenses looked. I think their history and how good that offense is gets them above some teams and they've had a history of their defense underperforming and then being better as the season moves along. So maybe that happens this year. I don't know. Uh, The Clyde Edwards Hilaire thing is overplayed. I'm tired of hearing about it. He's the only not elite guy on that offense. So be it. He's fine. That's not a problem. Who cares? Uh, The the problem is the defense and uh, get this. The chiefs on every single down, first, second, third, and fourth down are are last in the NFL in terms of conversion percentage for the offense. They're giving up a 31% conversion percentage on first down. It is 64% on second down. 80% on third down. Oh, no! 85% on fourth down. (laughs) And that is, each one of those is the worst mark in the league. Oh, I did not it's know really that. Those are good. those are new numbers to me. Those are some pretty uh those are some it's heinous not, numbers. It's not just the scoring. They can't stop teams from getting first downs, which keeps the defense out on the field, and that means their offense isn't on the field and by my golly, you want that offense on the field. And so I I think this defense will get better. They've had some injuries. I think they will steadily improve as the year goes on, but right now, with the way they play, if if this is, you know, the Browns or the Cowboys or anybody else other than the Chiefs or Bucks, maybe that was doing this. No way. Are they even maybe not even in the top 10, but because they have that history, they're in my top 10 and obviously yours as well. But boy, something needs to change defensively or they're going to be in big trouble. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And again, I talked this over with our friend Jordan Foote, who is kind of the consistent, like, steady, not going to overreact to things. And even he agreed. He said that right now there are probably two other, maybe even three other teams in the AFC uh, that can beat the Chiefs right now. Let's go ahead and talk about the one I have at number six, an AFC team that has beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the LA Chargers. Look, I think this Chargers team is damn impressive. And again, I was not expecting that much coming into the season. Justin Herbert's season stats have been outrageous, and the team has backed it up. I mean, they have had all of these weapons for so long. There's always been the stigma of, oh, well, they can't win, you know, they can't win one score games, and they can't do all these things. Their clock management is terrible. Their coaching is terrible. I think most of that has gone away. Um, And you look at the games that they've won so far this season, and even the games that they've lost. You take week one, it's week one, they get a win, they squeak it out against Washington. They lose to what I consider to be a very good Cowboys team by just three. They come back and beat the Chiefs in week three, and then an undefeated Raiders team in the at the Raiders home, or correction, at home for them, but every game for the Chargers is a road game. Um, And they beat them in dominant fashion. You know, it was a garbage time touchdown for the Raiders that got them back into that. So, I think the Chargers have looked good, and I think, again, the thing that really kind of elevates them for me, it's been the very impressive play of Justin Herbert, which I think is also funny for us, you know, a couple of Arizona State guys um, that that saw him play at Oregon that were kind of like, ah, you know, he'll he'll be fine. Um, No, he's been incredible. There are certain, like, niche passing stats that he is leading the NFL in so far this season. Uh, You look at his 2021 numbers so far, he is completing 69% of his passes. Nice. Uh, for nine touchdowns to only three interceptions so far this year. He's been mobile when he needs to, and he doesn't make stupid decisions. He's kept the interception number low, and he's letting the weapons he has around him like Eckler and Williams get to work. I really, really like the Chargers. I do too, and that's why I'm not going to talk about them yet because they're a little bit higher on my ranking. Okay. Is this is this is it Dallas season? <laughs> no, it is Bucks season. Mm. Okay, okay. Bucks. The Bucks were very close to being number five. And in fact, they could have been number four as well. But the reason they are at number six, let me get this out of the way first. We've talked about their secondary and how poor I believe their secondary is on this podcast before. That was before they went into New England and had the rest of the scraps left over on their secondary get hurt. They... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, at this moment, now someone could come back next week, I'm not sure, totally the injury status right now, but ending that New England game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had Richard Sherman as their number one defensive back. Let me remind you, Richard Sherman was not on an NFL team to start the year, and he is the number one defensive back on the Bucs. That's, that's not sustainable, first of all. Mac Jones was tearing him a new one, and I, I like Mac Jones. I do. But come on. He's, he, like, tied some Brady record or somebody's record for most completed passes in a row by a rookie or, or, or something to that effect. And it's just like, geez, he's picking them apart. And he had no time to throw. Keep in mind, this is where Tampa Bay is still in the top six and why I have them ahead of some of these teams is their defensive front is amazing. It's tremendous. Mac Jones was under pressure all night long. And but he was just dumping it away. It looked Brady-esque and it, because his receivers were open. He, he, it was catch the snap, ball's gone. And most of the time, guy was wide open. I, the way that their secondary has gotten hurt and just gotten worse is why I have them low here. But they still have Brady. They still got the amazing defensive front. I like their weapons offensively. I'd like to see them target Mike Evans a little bit more, honestly. I, I feel like he's been open a lot and not getting the ball and 
once they get Gronk back, he's proven that he's still good. This is still a really good football team. Don't get me wrong. But I just can't put them in the top five when they have nobody in their secondary. A good quarterback's going to tear them apart. Ethan, would you like a would you like a little free vindication uh, on your on your take on Tampa Bay? Because you you were saying this before the season began, and I, I agreed with you, but not to the extent that you said it. Uh, you you want a fun stat here? Tampa Bay, they are thirty second in the league, dead last in passing defense for yards per game for opponents. And and to be fair, a lot of that is because of the injury. I don't think they'd be thirty second if it wasn't for the injuries. But I, I repeat one more time. Before the Bucks won the Super Bowl, before those playoffs started, we were all concerned about their secondary. We were all concerned about it. That was the one knock against them going in. It was like, and then they won the Super Bowl, and suddenly they're this undefeatable juggernaut. Well, the secondary is still not good. Their defensive front was able to just surge through the Chiefs' offensive line because it was hurt. And so you don't need to care about the secondary. Patrick Mahomes is running for his life and on the ground. But all of a sudden, the secondary is fixed because they won the Super Bowl. They didn't actually do anything to fix it. And it just has gotten worse because of the injuries. I, I think the Bucks were overhyped coming into this year. And it somehow, and I still thought they were the second best team in the NFC. Don't get me wrong. But it was like this, well, nobody's going to be able to beat the Bucs. Like, it, it, just because you won the Super Bowl doesn't mean your problems go away. And the Bucks' problems have just gotten even worse. So that's why they're at number six. Again, and I'm not, I've had them at number six. I mean, right? I'm not crazy, but with that secondary, they can't be in the top five. Sure. Uh, I, I disagree, but only a little teeny tiny bit. I have them at five, so I'll just go ahead and give my piece on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, their secondary is not good, and it got worse with the injuries, as you said. Um, Richard Sherman, granted, part of the reason Sherman wasn't on a team was not necessarily because of his talent. It was some of the offseason shenanigans, we'll call them. Um, but yes, if Richard Sherman is your number one option in the secondary, you're in trouble. Um, that being said, I think that the Super Bowl did show us that there are teams that have, you know, their quarterback might be good. Let's take let's take a couple of teams like the Jags and the Bengals, for example. Their offensive line is not going to be good enough to stop anybody, but their quarterback is good enough to hurt a secondary like the Bucks. But if you're getting the kind of pass rush that Tampa is capable of getting, in certain cases, it doesn't matter. And that's what we saw in the Super Bowl, and we've seen it a little bit this year. But the reason I have Tampa in the top five it's because of the offense. Obviously, that is the main selling point for this team, you know, at any point. Um, and my big thing with this offense is that they have so many weapons remaining from last year. Obviously, they didn't lose anybody. Tom Brady has not fallen off the cliff that some people, you know, every year expect him to fall off of. And we've already seen not once, but twice this year, if you leave two minutes on the clock for Tom Brady, your chances of winning are sub 50%. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. It doesn't matter how much pressure you've gotten on them. They will find a way to nickel and dime their way down the field. And it, if they need a field goal, they can get a field goal. If they need to punch it in for a touchdown, they can do that too. Um, but again, because of that and because of how good the rest of this defense is, I still think Tampa is top five. But I agree. I do not think that this team, um, I, I mean, I'm looking at my power rankings. I, I've got them as the fourth best team in the NFC. I think that, you know, the AFC is kind of hot garbage this year. We, we've talked about that a little bit on the show before. Um, but because of that, I've got Tampa at five. You've got them at six. Um, I am curious. I know you've got two teams that I'm expecting to hit here, four or five for you. I'm curious as to what order you've got them in. So let's go ahead and get to your number five team uh, in your power rankings. The number five team in my power rankings, and again, four, five, and six were very close, especially four and five here. But number five for me is the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have been awesome this year. There's no other way to put it. Their offense has been elite. It has been dynamic. Dak Prescott has come back from that injury 
like nothing ever happened to him. Like he, you know, sprained his ankle. Not that he had his leg obliterated. Like I, I can't believe how well he has come back from this injury. He's looked like his old self. Their receiving core is nuts. And now not only is their receiving core crazy and Dak has been just terrific, but they've got not one, but two good running backs between Pollard and Zeke. I think they complement each other very well. I mean, Pollard has really been the standout offensively, I think, for them in terms of kind of the surprise guy. And you're like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. And their O-line has been better than expected. There's some questions about the O-line. I think they have answered those. But the biggest question for the Dallas Cowboys coming into this year, and the reason that I was a little bit lower on them, was the defense. There was a major concern about this defense, but they have been a lot better than expected. A lot of it has to do with a couple young guys out there in, in Michael Parsons and Trevon Diggs. Uh, these guys seem to be the real deal. The one thing I will say about the Cowboys is they've been in a lot of close games. So I'd really like to see them like smoke the Giants this week. I, I'd like to see that from them. And the reason I have them ahead of the Bucks is you, know, you say, oh, well, the Bucks beat them, so how can you have them ahead of the Bucks? Well, that was week one, and they barely beat them. I mean, Dallas came out instantly and said, look who we are. Dak Prescott picked apart this secondary. And with the secondary the way it is now, I think if they played this game uh, this week, Dallas would, would win that game. So I have the Dallas Cowboys at number five. I can't believe I'm saying this. But, <clears throat> yeah, the Cowboys are a top ten, five team in the NFL right now. So let me let me throw just really quickly. I want to get your opinion on this. I'm going to throw some numbers your way because I know you and I use different criteria as we should to judge some of these teams. But let me just ask you straight up: if you take the defense completely out of it, which offense do you like better? And I think it's actually a close question between Dallas and Tampa Bay. Oh man! Like if I'm it's, asking it's, you, like if you if you get you get to build your own Hall of Fame caliber defense, but you're going to just drag and drop one of these offenses in for a Super Bowl tomorrow. Yeah. Which offense are you going with? Okay. I, I, part of me is breaking this down with my mouth just so I can think about it as well. But here we go. Quarterback. Prescott can still throw it down the field, but so can Brady. Uh, I, I, wash slight edge Brady because he's Tom Brady. And he does things that are Brady things that nobody else does. And, but, but Dak has been incredible this year. Receivers. I'd say that's about a wash, too. I, I like both receiving cores. I think Dallas's might be a little deeper, depending on what you think about Antonio Brown. Their tight end play from Dallas has actually been uh, pretty good this year, but I, 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 obviously Brady knows how to use his tight ends better than anyone else. I think the running backs are a little bit better for Dallas, though. Uh, between Pollard and Zeke, I know Fournette had a good game against the, the Patriots, but Rojo has been disappointing. And I, do I trust Fournette? Not really. Uh, he, he's looked the best he's looked since the playoffs against the Patriots, but uh, I have to give the edge running backs to Dallas, and I think everything else being kind of even, give me the Dallas offense over the Tampa Bay offense. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's who I want. Obviously, the X factor is Tom Brady. He just does so many things not even that don't go on the stat sheet, right? And that sounds cliche and stupid, but it's true. And that's where... I struggle with this and why it's so close, but I think just pure talent, pure ability, it's Dallas. Okay, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't dis disagree with that necessarily. But my point, my point I'm making is this: it's awfully close, right? The defenses are closer than I think you think they are. 
Um, so I mentioned, obviously, that Tampa is dead last in the league in passing defense. Dallas is 31st with 315 yards a game allowed. And when you look at the numbers in terms of how these teams have been on the ground, obviously Dallas is sixth place right now for rushing defense. This Tampa Bay team is not too far behind that mark. I mean, I, I just, I, I agree, but I think it's, or correction, Tampa Bay is number one. Tampa Bay has the best rushing defense in the league. They're allowing under 50 yards a game uh, against some pretty good rushing offenses, including well, Dallas. So I, I just, I, again, I'm not, I'm not, dis, I'm not discrediting anything. I'm not even saying that I, I think you're wrong to have them in that order. I just, I think that those two teams are actually very, very, very close to each other um, in, in a lot of ways. Oh, no, you're totally correct. And the reason I, I think Tampa Bay's defense is better than Dallas's. I'm not saying that Dallas's defense is better. I think the offense is a little bit for, better for Dallas. And what the Dallas defense does that's been better so far, and remember, these are power rankings for what has happened so far in the season, not what do we think they're going to be in Week 17. I mean, correct. heck, for all I know, Tampa Bay will be better. But Dallas's defense is getting an unbelievable amount of takeaways right now. Like their turnovers are just ridiculous. And I think this Tampa Bay defense has gotten even worse since like that came out. Like the secondary is even they're already 32nd, but the secondary just got worse with all the injuries that happened. If those injuries don't happen, maybe I have Tampa Bay ahead of them, but it's just there's nobody out there. And uh, the, as far as the rushing defense, they're number one, as they should be. They're, they're front seven, as I said, is incredible. But, like, the Patriots don't have the ability to run the ball for some reason. Like, they look awful. They ran the ball, what, like, three times in the first half against them? Like, they just don't run the ball. And so I think that helped inflate those numbers a little bit. But, yeah, Tampa Bay's defense is tremendous, even with the cornerbacks and their secondary situation. But for right now, I think Dallas is just edging them out as number five. All right, fair enough. Well, let's go ahead and get into our top four and I'm actually, I, I don't know if I'll do it or not. I kind of want to flip these because I now the more I've looked into the Bucks numbers, the more I like the Bucs. Um, but as of right now, I do have the Green Bay Packers at number four. Um, yes, getting blown out by the Saints on opening night looked absolutely horrendous. Yes, everything wasn't fixed just because they beat the Lions who, you know, can't seem to tie their own shoelaces. Um, but this offense, you know, they're as advertised, right? They're everything that they were a year ago and more. They've got a lot of really good pieces that historically don't have injury issues. Aaron Jones has looked good. Devontae Adams has looked good. The the rest of the core that they have has looked good. And Aaron Rodgers is back to being Aaron Rodgers. Um, the defense, you know, they've got some issues there. But overall, this Packers team, I think the thing that I like about them is the stability that we've seen year in and year out. They just, they look like the Packers, right? Like, I feel like there are a lot of teams that they come into a new season and you've got 20 questions that you want to ask about them and you want to know what you're going to get. But I've watched the Packers these last couple of weeks, and they look like the vintage Packers. They look like the same Green Bay team that we've seen week in and week out. Um, and again, it could change. But from what I've seen, I think that week one game was kind of a fluke. Um, you know, in a neutral stadium in Florida off of the weird offseason where Rodgers was like, I'm out, I'm out. And then he ends up coming back in. He was missing practices. Devontae Adams wasn't happy. Um, since then. They, they have looked exactly like what they historically have. And when I line that up with everything else that I know about the rest of these teams, I've got them at number four. Uh, I know you don't even have them in your top 10, which I think is a very bold take. Um, but yeah, it's just that's where I'm at on Green Bay um, at this point in time. Yeah, and as I said, Green Bay could have been in my 10 through 8, I think. I think they could have snuck in there and I wouldn't have had a huge problem with it. I just looked at like the losses they had versus the loss the Raiders had versus the loss the Ravens had. 
I said, well, I like their loss less. I, I, I wasn't thrilled with them in the win over the Lions or the Steelers or even the 49ers, really. If they come out and I don't, I need to look at their schedule here, but if they come out and they beat a really good team, that will totally change my mind. I, I, and they beat them pretty soundly, and that would totally change my mind. They're a team that could easily move up for me, but as of right now, they're, they're just not – they're not ahead of these other teams for me at the moment. Uh, they play the Bengals and Bears, so that's not going to help them much. <laughs> and then Washington. Then they play the Cardinals. That's going to be a game. And then they got, they've got they got Cardinals, Chiefs, uh, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams. That's going to tell us a lot about the Green Bay Packers here at the end of October going into November. So you can talk even, to me then about them. Sure, you can even I'll continue you know. that too, by the way. I know they play the Bears, but then they have Ravens, Browns, Vikings to finish out their season before a, a Week 17 bye against the Lions. So... That is uh, that is interesting. Before I before I let you give your number four here, I did really quickly. Do I have permission when I post this uh, this power rankings graphics? Do I have permission to at Matt Chupek just because I, I just want to see his reaction to you not having the Packers in the top ten? Remember that year the Packers were really bad. I can't remember if it was was it twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen, but they were just awful. Yeah. And and I had told him I told him it was the first ASU game of the year. We were there together, and this was before the NFL season started, and we were talking power ranking. And I did not have them in my top 10 or my top five or whatever. I didn't have them where he thought. And we he was livid with me, and then they were <laughs> awful. And I just, every time I saw him, I was like, how are the Packers doing, Matt? And he was just upset about it. But So, yeah, please tag, tag Matt Chupak. I will, I will certainly at Matt Chupak. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring our old friend in for that. Um, so, really quickly, number four. I, I think you and I agree on the top three. So, I'm thinking this is where you have the Chargers, but I could be wrong. Correct. Okay. The L.A. Chargers are the second most disrespected team in the NFL, and we'll get into the most disrespected team in just a moment. Ooh, I disagree, but okay, sure. The Chargers have not gotten their respect. Every time they win a game, no, I, I, some I, excuse. Really quickly, I, so, I think that they're the most disrespected team in the league. That's why I'm saying I, I don't think there's anyone else that's as disrespected right, as the so, Chargers. But no, we continue. They, 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 they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, well, the Chiefs, they're not good, that good this year. Okay? So they go out and beat the Ravens. Or, I'm sorry, the Raiders. Well, the Raiders aren't actually good. Where were you saying the Raiders weren't good? Be- you said the Raiders were good before they beat them. They were three and zero. They they beat the Chiefs. Like, what more do these does this team need to do? They they lost to Dallas, who I think very highly of, by a field goal. What more could the Chargers really do to show that they're good? I just don't. I don't understand it, man. I I don't get why, and I get. It. They were. I get that they were the team that made all the goofy mistakes, hitting, missing field goals, losing close games. That's fluky stuff, and and that has some stuff to do with coaching. But the coach has changed. Like I just don't buy into that fluky stuff as much. And I was huge on the Chargers going into this year. I love the Chargers, and they have been everything I expected them to be. You said it when we were talking about the Raiders. The Raiders weren't in that game until they they threw the garbage time touchdown. The Chargers beat them soundly. Like, it wasn't even close. And get this. So the Chargers, you you talked about the offense, and I think you hit a lot of great points with that. So I won't even talk about the offense that much. Herbert's been terrific. They've got weapons. I don't need to talk about that. You handled it. Let's talk about the Chargers' defense. So the Chargers' defense this year, the Chiefs, Raiders, and Cowboys all had their worst offensive game of the year against the L.A. Chargers. That defense is legit. They have weapons offensively. They're, they just don't really have a lot of holes right now. 
Like there's not a lot for me to poke at them and say, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. No, everything is sound right now with the LA Chargers, and they are an incredibly good football team. They deserve to be in the top five, and I'm, I'm tired. And, and you have them at least in your top ten. I'm tired of the disrespect for the Chargers. Stop it. Just, just uh, We'll get into the other team that's getting disrespected here in a moment. But I, I, you might be right. The Chargers might be the most disrespected team in football, and I'm not here for it. There's, it, it, there's no reason for it. There's nothing to poke a hole in that people just make things up about their schedule so that they don't have to put the Chargers high in their rankings because they're not the flashy team. They're not exciting. They're the team that moved from San Diego to L.A. to much chagrin from everybody. It was stupid. They don't get fans to their games. They're not the team that everyone wants to root for. They're not L.A.'s team. They're the, they're the baby brother in L.A. right now. So they're not the cool team to be rooting for. But that doesn't take away from what they do on the field. I'm tired of the disrespect, Tyler. I'm tired of it. That, that's fair. That's fair. I had the Chargers pick to make the playoffs this year. I think there is something to be said for, I think that for whatever reason, the NFL community, there's this thing of like, win a playoff game and then we'll talk, right? Like we got this with the Browns for a while. It was like, all right, win a playoff game and then we'll talk. And then they won a playoff game and now people take the Browns seriously. I think there's just this stigma around the Chargers. You know, they like you said, they don't get fans into their home stand. They haven't won a playoff game in forever. They lose all these one-score games. But they're good. They're really good. I didn't even know that stat you threw out there about the defense. Like, this team is for real. Um, So, yeah, I agree. And I think that they're the only team. Like, I'm looking at the... I know for a fact you and I have the same teams in our top three here. Um, I don't think any of these teams in the top three are really getting any disrespect. At least not for me. You're going to find that out real quick. Um, But this is where things are going to get interesting. Because I think that you and I are going to disagree about which order these top three teams deserve to be in. So, let's go ahead and get into Um. it. I, I have a prediction to make. Okay, sure. I predict our two and three are going to be swapped and our one will be the same. But you, I don't know. You think our one will be the same and our two and three will be swapped? I think that our one and three will be, or our one and, I, I, well, let's, let's just, let's, let me throw this out here. We'll get started. Number three, the LA Rams. Okay. I still think that the Rams are probably the best team in the NFC. I do. And I don't think that I'm overreacting to the loss against the Cardinals. I think they're going to figure it out. I think the reason that the Rams are at three right now, it's just that they're still figuring it out. They're still figuring out what the offense is with Matthew Stafford. And that's what I said. I said that this offense is going to continue to improve. And I think by the end of the year, Stafford's going to be slinging the ball all around the field, even more so than what he's done now. Um, I still really, really, really like this Rams defense. I think that this is one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Um, and I I like what they're doing, but I still think that if you're basing this based on what we have seen so far, I think that this Rams team still has a little bit of ways to go before they get to that point. Now, again, I just, I, I continue to state like, this is probably going to be the best team in the NFC by the end of the year. Um, but for me, the Rams are the third best team right now, and we will see where things go from here. See, that was a respectful take on the Rams. That was respectful. I, I appreciate that, Tyler. You have them in the top three. That's fine. If you don't want to have them number one or number two, that that's totally acceptable. I, there's two other really terrific teams that are, are, are in there, and I, and I don't disagree with that. I, that's fine. That 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 is not the type of disrespect I am talking about when it comes to the L.A. Rams, and we'll get into that in a moment. But my number three team is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Three and two were very close. They were very close. In fact, three, two, and one really, and when you really look at it compared to the rest of the list, are kind of in a, their own tier. I think at this point in time, the Chargers are kind of in the tier of their own. I think, at least for me personally, them and the Cowboys are in the same tier. But these top three are really in kind of their own stratosphere. 
uh, ever since their, their week one loss to the Steelers, which, by the way, looks worse and worse every day, <laughs> the Bills have been ex- exactly who we thought they were. You know, there's some there's a lot of that week one panic button being hit on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, their defense, I get it. They, they played not great opponents at times, but they have pitched two shutouts. That's unbelievable. In today's NFL, they've th- two shutouts through four games. That's incredible. So that's unbelievably impressive. Josh Allen and the wide receivers are starting to find their groove. Really started finding that against Washington. And the running game looks better this year than last year. I, I like the combination of Singletary and Moss. I think they've looked really good. But, boy, the real, a real test is going to come this week on Sunday Night Football because Mahomes wants that game bad. So I think that's going to be a real interesting test for, for for the Buffalo Bills. That's I'm so excited for that Sunday night game. I know the Chiefs haven't been up to par yet, but I, I think it's a, a real do or die game for the Chiefs. Well, well, you said Mahomes sleeping. Yeah, you said Mahomes wants it. I, I I would like to rephrase that. I think Mahomes needs that win at this yeah. point. And I think there is a world. And I'm really I'm not trying to cut you off here, but I, I do have the Bills at number two, so this kind of becomes more of an open discussion. I feel like um, I, there is a world where the Bills go into that game and embarrass Kansas City. And absolutely, if you think Chiefs fans have been panicking already, uh, wait until that plays out. If that is what happens, um, I think that is really where the Bills, in my opinion, could solidify themselves as arguably the best team, you know, power rankings wise in the NFL. But yeah, I agree. This Bills team hasn't really done a whole lot that I haven't liked. And I think that week one is the one week of the season, other than week 17, that you can kind of throw out the window a little bit. But you said it, right? There have been three shutouts in the NFL this year. Two of them have been by the Bills. The other was against the Jets for the Broncos. And then, oh yeah, by the way, the other one, the other most recent shutout in NFL history uh, was in the preseason, which doesn't mean anything, but it was also by the Bills. So this defense is incredible. The offense has looked like a wrecking crew. And I this is kind of where I'm sitting with this Bills-Chiefs thing right now. I am really concerned that if that is the matchup in the AFC Championship game, I'm not convinced that the Chiefs have the edge, right? Because if that offense really is as good as it's looked through these first couple of weeks, and you put that Bills defense out there to try to stifle Mahomes, like the Bills might be the best team in the AFC. So I, I it's just going to be, like you said, Sunday night football. If you're not watching that, I don't know what you're doing. That that could be the game of the year. Man, Sunday night football, two weeks in a row, really giving it to us. I mean, the return for Brady, which, by the way, I, I said this in our group chat, we're never going to see that again. We're gonna, never going to see that caliber of a player return home like he did after 20 years of being with the organization that he's returning home to. It's never going to happen again. I, I guarantee it. At the very least, not in our lifetimes. I guess infinity is kind of hard, but we're never going to see that again. I, I guarantee it. So that was really special. And then we get this game. Man, Sunday Night Football is going crazy right now. Heck, we even get a good Thursday night game this week. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I would also like to go on record and say I was very, 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 very wrong. Uh, I was very happy to be wrong, but I was very wrong. I was not that excited about that game. Uh, Bucks, Patriots, kudos. Living up to the hype. Um, so yeah, so I've got the Bills at two, you've got the Bills at three, uh, now it's gonna get a little spicy, it's gonna get a little interesting, uh, who do you have at two? I just wanna say I was right, we flipped our three and two and our one is the same, I have the Rams at number two. Yes, okay, okay. But, but, I think you, me talking about it and then you saying it convinced me the Chargers are the most disrespected team in the NFL, but the Rams are at close second, cause here we go again. I thought after the Rams beat the Bucks that we would be 
done with the Rams slander. I thought we were done with it. I thought they had put that to bed by beating this unbeatable Bucks team that everyone was talking about. I thought, you know what? It's over. Stafford threw four touchdowns. No one's going to be hating. And then they lost to the Cardinals. And the overreaction has just been unbelievable from a lot of places. And some folks have been saying, like you, and you know some of the power rankings I'm seeing, but this one got me. So the NFL.com power rankings, you know, I, I like to go check the other power rankings when I'm making mine, make sure I didn't do anything crazier. They have sometimes had things I didn't think of. But the NFL power rankings, oh, yeah. after, after yesterday's <laughs> loss to the Cardinals, dropped the Rams from number one mm-hmm. to number nine. Mm-hmm. Number nine? Yep. Please. I saw okay, this. I, the Rams were... <laughs> The Rams were disrespected coming into the season. They were already disrespected. And it was like people were just looking for an excuse. Like they like looking for an excuse to say, oh, never mind, the Rams not the real deal. Like not the Packers are better. Like what about the Rams has shown you the, and or the Packers this year has shown that the Packers are better? Absolutely nothing. The, the Rams lost to a team that um, if you are doing any kind of paying attention, it clearly Tyler and I have it number one. That they beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks, and they looked pretty good doing it. Like you, they can't be perfect every week. And this is a really good Cardinals team that they lost to. And, and in fact, I thought the Rams played kind of okay against the Cardinals. And like Kyler tore them up, but sometimes when he was tearing them up, they were playing pretty perfect defense, and Kyler just did Kyler things. I, I just don't. I don't know what it is about the Rams that make people want to hate on them. I just don't understand it. And Cooper Cup, he's got a new nickname. I I, I think this comes from the ringer. Uh, uh, They're calling him White Rice. White Rice? I have not heard this. This is breaking to me. I love it. I did not not heard that. Cooper White Rice Cup. Oh, my God. Is is, until... Hill did his thing and even maybe still looks like the best receiver in the NFL and I'm going to give myself a little credit I was not able to get Woods or Cup in many of my fantasy drafts because I just didn't line up but I wanted them bad because I thought these receivers were going to be amazing they they were good with Jared Goff so how are they going to be with Matthew Stafford who I say this every time on the podcast I'm a broken record with it I don't understand why people weren't more excited about Stafford going to the Rams. This dude is good, and he was good with the Lions, but he was on a dysfunctional team. That's just terrible. They had no receivers ever since Calvin Johnson retired. I just, I just don't get it with the Rams, man. They lost a game to a really good football team. Like you, there are going to be losses like that. Even if you don't think the Cardinals are quite as good as uh, we do, there, there's still going to be losses like that to a division rival. Oh, by the way. They lost, so they lost to a division rival who's good. With the knowledge that they had to play another good divisional rival on Thursday night, absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal. I I don't blame them for this loss. I really don't. I I I think this was more a showing of how good the Cardinals are, less of the Rams aren't actually the real deal. I'm tired, tired of the hate for both the LA teams. It's it. You know, I'm going to borrow a line from our, our guy Jordan Foote, and maybe he's not this way with the Chiefs this year, but in the past, Chiefs fans and the general public have gone nuts about the Chiefs. And Jordan just says, relax. And that's what I'm saying about the Rams. Relax. They're the best team in the NFC, other than, I guess, the team we have ahead of them now. 
and I don't think it's that close. Uh, Before, I just, I, go ahead. I just don't get it, man. I, I'm just, I come on here every every week, <laughs> and I have to say the same thing. And I thought I was done with it once they beat the Bucks, and here we go again. I I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what else I have to do. All right, so so I've been I've been collecting some thoughts that I want to throw out there. You threw out the NFL's power rankings. I actually had not seen that. I saw a different power. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give some credit and then I'm gonna take some credit. So don't panic when I say this. ESPN only dropped the Rams to three. I think that's, that's fine. fine. That's fine. ESPN also does not have the Kansas City Chiefs in their top ten. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's your there's your vintage ESPN clickbait. Um, the second of three thoughts that I want to give before we get to the top here. Uh, so you mentioned Cooper Cup and Tyree Kill. Really quick, uh, neither of those guys are the NFL receiving leader by 40 yards. Do you want to, you want to take a stab at who that top spot belongs to? What am I missing here? Um, no, I'm not sure who it is. Debo freaking Samuel. Oh, yeah. 490 yeah, no. receiving yards so far this season. That is nuts. <laughs> He's on one of my fantasy teams. I'm aware of it. He's been amazing. Wow. Yeah, and then you've got DJ Moore, Devontae Adams. How about Brandon Cooks pulling up at number six ahead of Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, and Hollywood Brown. But no time for that discussion. Uh, The one other thing, really quickly, you mentioned, you know, the the Rams. Obviously, I don't understand the hate either. None of it makes any sense. It's infuriating to me as well. Um, It's just bizarre. But, you know, again, we've talked a little bit about a lot of these teams and there's only one remaining that we still need to talk about. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to say it. I, I was right at the beginning of this. I was right. And uh, I can't find the... I can't find it. I'm, I'm very disappointed. I was trying to find the uh, the Rocky theme here. But I have been on the Cardinals bandwagon now for way longer than any human being should be forced to. They have taken me through ups. They have taken me through downs. They have given me heart attacks. Um, but I think I was right. This is a damn good football team, and they proved it. They went out, they beat the Rams. Um, This is, again, by the numbers, this is the best offense in the league. You're looking at a team that's putting up 35 points a game. The defenses look good. Kyler Murray is, I think, and I will stand by this take, I think he is the most athletic, not necessarily the best, he is the most athletic quarterback in the league. There, I have never seen a quarterback, including Michael Vick, I have never seen a quarterback that can run like a damn punt returner. Like, put the stops on you from the 15 and then turn around and launch a 60-yard bomb on a dime to an open receiver at the other end of the field. You just, you don't see that every day. Um, And Cliff Kingsbury, to his credit, has not shot his own team in the foot that often. I know you can look at the Vikings game if you really want to nitpick and say, well, you know, the Vikings should have hit that field goal. They should have lost that game. But look, at this point in the season, Cardinals are 4-0. That's all That's all you can say. And they've beaten some really good teams. They beat a Rams team that I still believe is the best team in the NFC as far as being a complete product. Uh, they beat uh, the Jaguars, whatever. They beat a Vikings team that's not that bad, and they embarrassed the Tennessee Titans. They held Derrick Henry to under 50 rushing yards at the half. Like, it, this is the real deal. I don't get why people are still... I, I understand the hesitance, but, like, dude, the Cardinals are good. The Cardinals are good. And I, for that reason, they're number one of my power rankings. They're finally living up to the hype that I've put on them for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think it's that last couple of years that is the reason for the hesitancy right now. Um, they started really hot last year, too. And yeah. then it fell apart. This feels different. The defense is better. They have more weapons offensively than they did last year. But but I, that's where I think some of the hesitancy comes from is because of the kind of the last year. 
Uh, Kyler also got hurt last year. I'm pretty convinced of that at this point. Uh, he's just looked so good. He looks like he did at the beginning of last year. I think he was hurt. I think he was hurt worse than we thought last year because he did not look really terrific at the end of last year. But uh, right now it's it's Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. Only two quarterbacks can do some of the stuff they're doing right now. And Brady and Rodgers and the terrific quarterbacks. But some of the stuff that Kyler and, and, and Mahomes do – it just nobody else can do it and some of the stuff Tyler does Mahomes can't do either because he's that he's that quick but this team is just tremendous I, I think they're really excellent I don't think they're the best team in the NFC don't get me wrong I still think that's the Rams but the Cardinals they're 4-0 they just beat the Rams they have to be number one like there's there's no reason not to put them there I, I guess they didn't destroyed the Jags, so people don't like that. I mean, Cliff had a good game against the Rams, too, by the way. You brought up Cliff Kingsbury. I think the Kingsbury hate was a little much last year. He wasn't good, don't get me wrong, but these people were calling for his head. Like It was a little, little too much for, for me. Maybe it's because I was in Arizona, but I thought it was just a little much, uh, I, and he's been better this year. And that offense has more receivers now. A.J. Green, oh my goodness. Yeah. Is he back? Is he back? I think Question so, he was, yeah. He was so bad in 2020, and he, he's looked good. They're like, AJ, you, run fast. Go in straight line. Run fast. And AJ has run very fast and caught ball after doing that. And uh, I, I think Chase Edmonds has looked a little more consistent than he did last year. Uh, running the football, the defense looks pretty good. Um, right now, they've got to be the top team. There's just there's no – I don't think there's really a great argument for not putting them there at, at, at this moment. Sure, uh, I completely agree. I think the people that think that... It, it, look, here's my thing, right? There are only two other teams that could potentially be in the top spot. If you're looking at the Rams, they didn't just lose to the Cardinals. They really lost to the Cardinals. And if you're looking at the Bills, they lost to a Pittsburgh team that we know is bad. And I know that was in week one, but like, I don't understand how anyone that's putting a list together can look at... It's not just that they're 4-0. It's that they're 4-0 with wins over certified playoff teams. So... You know, again, it's just it's ridiculous to me that the Cardinals are getting a little bit of hate as well. Um, but I've been very, very happy with what I've seen out of them. I think, I think most of the rankings I've seen have either had the Cardinals one or two. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, yeah. If you want to put the Bills at number one, I understand that. I actually, I the way they have been so dominant defensively since that Steelers game, I actually would have no problem if you put the Bills at number one. But for me, it's the Cardinals and. Tyler, uh, congratulations to both of us. I think, barring a Kyler Murray injury, the Cardinals are well on their way to the playoffs. Yes. And I think both of us have them in the playoffs. So yes. There we, we go. We, we're, our, our preseason takes are looking good, barring barring some injuries. Um, really what quick. Was the other, What's what up? What was the other team? There was another team because it was like, oh, well, there's the four teams in the NFC West. So, so you had to pick. If you didn't think all of them were going to make it, you had to pick. You had to pick somebody else from another division. Well, oh, it was the Vikings. The Vikings were the other team that people were picking over the Cardinals. Yep. Just, no. No. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, really quick, before we talk about some baseball, um, what, give me give me your team that you have in your power rankings right now that you think has the best chance to completely fall out, and give me the team Ooh. that you think is not in your top ten that you think has the best chance to jump into it um, at any point this year. I think I already kind of address the uh, second part there that the Packers are obviously the team that could easily vault themselves into my top 10. Still can't believe no you have them. It. Still can't believe you have the Packers below the Raiders. I, I and I feel like I've given good reasoning. I think you have, you've point, given I, a reason. I, I, think, <laughs> I think the Packers as strange as this sounds, I think the Packers are a better football team than the Raiders, but the Raiders have been the better football team to start this year. Sure. Um, 
as far as teams that can fall out, okay, I, I really want to make a hot take here. I mean, obviously the Raiders, um, they could do it. They're at number 10. I hate to say it, man, but like looking up and down, like it could be the Raiders or Ravens. Like that's duh. Okay. They're, they barely snuck in. Like the Ravens weren't even in yours. Like, okay. But outside of those two, you know who the team that could fall out is? Don't say Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh man. my goodness. I mean, who else is it going to be? I, I'm kind of with Chiefs, you. I don't. I don't necessarily think. I think that the Cowboys' the schedule is too easy 30. for it to be Dallas. I, I think the Raiders are the only team. The Raiders are the only team for me that I th- would feel confident could drop. And I think the Seahawks are the team that I have out that I think is most likely to jump in. Um, but other than that, I, I think the f- I'm looking at I'm looking at my top ten. I think that this is pretty much the field for me moving forward. I mean, I mean that's my feeling as well. I mean, sure. Other than the Raiders, you know, the Raiders are kind of weird. The fact that they've been so good, so you always are hesitant. But I'm serious, man. The Chiefs are the team. If, if Josh Allen goes and hangs fifty points on them, like and like the Bills defense kind of shuts them down, like that's not a good look. Now you know what I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you this: if Kansas City loses like forty-five to twenty-eight, or like thirty-five to like fourteen, or something crazy like that to the Bills, and the Seahawks come back and get a big win, and the Raiders keep winning, I mean, maybe I, I could see it. Um, I I don't know. I just I I, I don't want to believe that the Chiefs are that screwed. I just I, I I know what I see, but I don't want to believe it. Like you know, I'm not even a Chiefs fan. I just it's just crazy to me what's happened in Kansas City, but. Good discussion, and really, really kind of like seeing where this is at. We had some similarities. We certainly had some differences, which is good, because knowing you, I kind of expected we were going to have just the same list. Um, so yeah, glad to glad to talk some football. We will step away very briefly here, uh, and when we come back, we'll talk some NLB, NLB eh, words are hard, MLB wildcard action, uh, and we got to do it quick, because these games are coming up tonight, recording this right before the wildcard round kicks off, so we will be back right after this. Welcome back in here on the TBH Sports Podcast. Tyler Henry and Ethan Jordan, we brought you a lot of coverage about the NFL, but let's talk about something that we love a lot more than anything else. It's postseason baseball, baby. It's here. It is in good shape. Before we talk about the wildcard games, we got one going on tonight. We got one going on tomorrow night. Um, a couple of quick disclaimer. Well, one's, one's a note. One's a disclaimer. Um, Ethan, I, I think I told you this before the season. My dad predicted the Royals would win 80 games this year. And would be second in the AL Central. That didn't happen. So we had that conversation today. Um, so just a quick, just get that out of the way. Um, but in addition to uh, everything else that's been going on here, I will fully admit I haven't had time to do a ton of research, and I certainly have not watched a ton of games. I am going to kind of defer to your better knowledge on this um, because I think I know things. But I don't actually know things, so let's uh let's have a conversation about the wild card games. Let's start with the one going on tonight. Uh, we were hoping for chaos. We were hoping for the four way tie. We were praying for Seattle. Uh, but the baseball gods have turned their backs on us. It is once again Yankees and Red Sox. And let me just start with the narrative that is going through my head. I don't know if it's true or not. I know Boston was kind of sputtering out to the finish line. I know the Yankees have been heating up, especially after a lot of those acquisitions that they made late in the year. Um, this, I know anything can happen in a one game wild card. I know it's like a historic rivalry, but like on paper, this game should not be all that close, right? No, it really shouldn't. And the biggest reason is when you look at the the, the pitching, but it, it is Yankees, Red Sox. It is a one game playoff. And bizarrely, it's in Fenway because the Red Sox beat up on the Yankees at the beginning of the year. Even though I think the Yankees are the better team. 
But uh, one game wild cards, they're, they're so difficult to predict because it's just one game. But let's take a look at some of the things we can use to help us predict. And the biggest one is the piece of news that dropped earlier today. The Red Sox released their wild card roster, and JD Martinez, their designated hitter, is not on it. Oh. He rolled his ankle on a bag in the game on Sunday. He will not be playing in the wild card game. The MRI showed no structural damage, but he is out tonight. Let me give you some numbers for J.D. Martinez throughout his career on the Red Sox. When J.D. Martinez is in the Red Sox lineup, they are 295 and 200 to 215, which is a, if you put that into a season, has them on like a 95 game pace or something like that, right? Without JD in the lineup, they're 24 and 26, which is a below 500 pace, like a 78 win pace or something like that. So they are they're not nearly as potent offensively without JD in the lineup, and he will not be in the lineup tonight. On the other hand, the Yankees also will be without DJ LeMahieu, who was their top MVP finisher last year. He finished third or fourth, I can't remember. Beloved Rocky. But, don't tell the Yankees fans that. He, he was a nobody before he came. <laughs> oh, of course. No one had ever heard of him. <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't know. He won a batting title in Colorado, guys, and a bunch of gold gloves. But anyway, um, no LeMahieu. I think the JD loss hurts the Red Sox offensively more than the, uh, the LeMahieu loss for the Yankees. But these one-game wild cards tend to come down to the starting pitcher. That's the best indicator we have and of course anything can happen but it's going to be Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi Eovaldi's been really good this year he's had a nice season but so has but Garrett Cole is probably going to finish second in the Cy Young voting 3-2-3 ERA this year for Cole 3-7-5 for Eovaldi their postseason ERAs Cole has a 2-6-8 ERA Eovaldi has a 1-6-1 ERA let me give you some context for that number real quick all of that came for Eovaldi in 2018, a lot of it out of the bullpen. So I, I don't put too much stock into that, but there it is. The The thing that's a little interesting about this is I think the edge is clearly with Cole. If you take the numbers into account, that Cole has 13 postseason starts to Eovaldi's two, including two starts in a wild card game for, for Garrett Cole. Interestingly enough, one of them was against the Cardinals when he was with the Pirates, who are, of course, in the NL wild card. But uh, Cole's last three starts haven't been good. That's where the wrinkle gets thrown in. He's been kind of bad the last three starts, including what was his best start out of the three, which was a three-run performance against no other than the Red Sox, which is a quality start, but not, you know, Garrett Cole-esque. And Yavaldi also gives us a nice little wrinkle. He was dominant against the Yankees this year. I think his ERA was below two against the Yankees until he started on them at the end of against them in the end of September and went less than three innings and gave up seven runs. So I think the edge goes to Garrett Cole just barely over just postseason experience, even though Evaldi's been very good this year. The the thing where the Yankees really cement themselves is my pick here. I'm picking the Yankees for the record. And again, these are wild card games. I'm not betting anything of any value really on these picks but uh the red sox bullpen isn't as good as the yankees to begin with and it also kind of got depleted in that series against the nationals that you talked about earlier tyler they needed to win in order to not face the uh 
playing game against the Blue Jays, which or Mariners could have had a four-way tie. That would have been fun, but uh, no chaos. Uh, the Red Sox are really lucky they don't have to play the Blue Jays. And, and the Yankees are really lucky that uh, the Red Sox don't have to play the Blue Jays. And then the Yankees have to play the Blue Jays. They're, lu- they're lucky for that. But uh, the Red Sox bullpen isn't as good as the, the Yankees. It's depleted. It's a little banged up. The Yankees, on the other hand, their bullpen's just been getting better. They added Luis Severino back from injury. And they he's a starter, but they're using him out of the bullpen, and he's been really good. And... Aroldis Chapman, their closer, sort of, um, has looked kind of sus this year. And he's been a lot better recently and touched 102 the other day for the first time in forever. So is he having a resurgence? I don't know. I I, I don't think you could talk to any Yankees fan that trusts Aroldis Chapman, but (laughs) by the numbers, he's been really good recently. These are like the two most unpredictable teams in baseball this year, too. And so... Cole on five days rest, a peaking Yankees bullpen. Give me the Bombers. I, I think the Yankees, this is the one of the two games I'm the most confident in, actually. The experts are not. They are more confident in the other one. I'm more confident in this one. I think the Yankees win this one. But, you know, it's at Fenway. Anything can happen. No, I'm with you. I, I think if this is a series, it's not even that close. But I think, you know, the biggest thing for me, kudos, first of all, to the Yankees for, you know, really just, laying it out there they did not decide to pitch Cole in the final game of the season they wanted to keep him ready to go for the wild card if they needed him um and they kind of got the results that they needed for that obviously got a win in the final game of the season um and yeah I I kind of agree you look at the losses I think that obviously JD Martinez being out it's going to be a bigger deal than a lot of things that you have you know on the other side and, you know, I think that Glaber Torres will be able to step in for DJ LeMayhew, and, and I think he'll perform well. But I think that, you know, again, it, it, it's going to be a fun game. Don't get me wrong. It's a one-game wild card. Anything can happen. Um, but on paper, you know, I did kind of take a look at this, and I, I tend to agree here. Um, I just, I think the Yankees are, are better equipped to win this game. That being said, I do believe in baseball gods, and so I'm just hoping that maybe Boston can, can pull this off and then lose to whoever they would play um, in the first round. But, I don't really have too much more to add, uh, Ethan. I think we're both picking the Yankees here. Uh, any any final thoughts here before we move it over here to the National League? Well, you mentioned the the winner getting beat by the next team they play. And I, I hope it's the Yankees because I don't think the Red Sox are that good. And I, I think the Yankees would give a better run against their, this other team. But I think either of these teams loses. They, they, both of them, they would have to play the Rays. So um, the Rays have been the best team in the AL. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to go so well for them. So uh, I... Uh, Either way, I, I don't think the team moves on, but I think the Yankees uh, will be the team that gets to get curb stomped by the Rays. So. <laughs> sure. I think the real winners for the 2021 season, uh, it's the Minnesota Twins, because you can't get swept by the Yankees if you don't make the playoffs. So uh, kudos. Smart. kudos. They, they, to- we, we thought the Twins were going to be good. They they tanked the year so they wouldn't <laughs> have to lose to the Yankees in the playoffs. You're right, Tyler. I, I, big brain. I, big I, brain. Galaxy, galaxy brain. <laughs> she had the Minnesota Twins. Uh, let's talk about the NL wildcard game. I'm not going to lie. I, I Like I told you, I have not watched a ton of baseball. Most of the baseball I've seen this year has been in person, uh, which I will say I'm still leading the league in stadiums visited, uh, which is, which is you know, cool, whatever. Um, so I'm looking at this wildcard matchup. I'm doing my prep for this. And I'm just going, okay, well, half of this makes sense. Because every year, what, what are we talking about? Every year, people think the Cardinals are in trouble. And every year, they find a way to make the playoffs. Like, they are the cockroaches surviving the nuclear holocaust of the MLB. They will continue to make the playoffs every year until all of us are long gone. The other side of this confuses me. Because, again, I have not been tuning into a ton of baseball over the last, uh, over the last, well, really, this season. Um, 
So I'm just going to ask you, how the hell are the Dodgers playing in the wild card game? <laughs> Go ahead and run that one down for me, because I'm confused. Uh, the entire country is confused as well. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, who were not predicted to make the playoffs, to my credit, I had them as my fun team that will make a little bit of noise but won't make the playoffs kind of team. You know, the exciting team, like, oh, they're better than we thought, but they don't make the playoffs. Well, it turns out they were a lot better than we thought because they have been the best team in baseball. And I'm sure we will talk about the Giants more when we do our a full postseason breakdown. In short, though, uh, somehow the Giants are the best team in baseball, but people don't think they're for real. Like It's confusing to me. Like You can accidentally get into the playoffs. right? You can be a, not a terrific team, a decent team, and make the playoffs. You can't accidentally be the best team in baseball, and you can't accidentally be better than the Dodgers in their same division. That doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't. The Giants are the real deal. They're very good. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but this idea that, like, they fluke, it was a fluke that they won the division is ridiculous and it's stupid. Even it's surprising, that doesn't mean it's a fluke. And that is my soapbox about the Giants. They've been really good. They've had guys have resurgent years. They've somehow put a pitching staff together seemingly out of nothing, though it wasn't nothing if you really go back and look at it. But it, it, their pitching staff has been. Uh, surprisingly terrific. Um, they've had a lot of home runs, but the Dodgers weren't that much worse than them. They were only they they missed by one game, being tied with the Giants. So they're the second best team in baseball, and in most people's minds, the actual best team in baseball. But we don't need to get into that. The Dodgers are really good. They're really good, and somehow they are better than they were last year when they won the World Series because they have added Trey Turner and they have added Max Scherzer, who will be their starter for this wild card game. And that I think is really their advantage right now. They're, they are, let's get this out of the way. They're, they're playing the Cardinals who had a ridiculous 17 game win streak in order to boost themselves into the second wild card spot and make the playoffs. And we all know what happened to the Padres, but yeah, I'm very, I just need to really quickly, I just need to react to two things that happened this season that I didn't really notice until it was too late. The Padres didn't make the playoffs. I'm very sad about that. And also God, I hate the Giants. I just needed to say that. Feels good to put it out there. Just, I, I, I know that they're good again, but, like, I I hate this team. But anyway, continue. <laughs> you have good reason to hate them. I enjoy them. They're the team I pay the most attention to other than the Rockies, mostly because I like to listen to their broadcasters. They've got the best broadcaster in the league. They do. And, yeah, I, I enjoy the Giants. Um, but the Cardinals are not that good of a baseball team, I don't think. And, and I, I think when Koki is on, is on, if Koki comes on here and somehow they beat the Dodgers, he's going to just rail against them. I, I really huh. don't think he likes them. But I I don't think they're quite as bad as other people do. Like, you don't go on a 17-game win streak, on again, on accident. If you don't at least have some underlying talent, right, you can – like, the Marlins aren't going to go on a 17-game win streak, probably. They actually have some talent. But let's pick another team. I don't know. 19 game win streak. They don't do that, right? You have to have some kind of underlying talent. You got the Cardinal Voodoo magic. They're of sound structure in their organization. But the big problem for them is they have to play the Dodgers in the wild card game. Like that's not fair. Like th- these two teams are in different are on different levels right now. If this was a, a 100 game series, a 50 game series, heck, a seven game series, I'm picking the Dodgers, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I'm not even sniffing it. Like it's the easiest pick I've ever made in my life but it's a one-game playoff. 
and, and that's what the Giants get for winning the division. They don't have to do this against the Cardinals who are red hot. So let's take a look at, at, at some more concrete stuff here. Can I, can I really quickly? Because I, I, I feel like yes. I don't have I don't have a whole lot to say at all. So before you before you give maybe some stats that I that I've been looking at here, I just wanted to throw a few quick notes out here. Um, the Dodgers won 106 games this year. That was the second mm-hmm. highest mark in the majors. They are in the wild card game because of what the Giants did, which I do find that amusing, and I kind of dislike both teams. So like, whatever. Um, but the other thing, and I, I remember I tweeted about this a while ago, it used to be a lot worse before the Cardinals went on that big run. The Cardinals have a run differential of plus 34, which is not bad, but the Dodgers have a run differential this year of plus 269. That is the best mark in Major League Baseball. Um, wow. Like, it's just, I understand the way it's structured. It's just still insane to me that they're going to have, like, like the Dodgers can have an off night tomorrow and be out of the playoffs with the second most wins and the best run differential in baseball. Like, that's just, that's absurd to me. But anyway, please, please continue. And the one game wild card. Uh, I fun, love it, but it's, it's chaotic. But it needs, it needs to be a three game series. It's just, it's not fair to a team like the Dodgers who did win 105 games. You're like, or 106 games. You say, well, they should have won their division. Well, they would have won other, every other division in baseball. Like, it's hard to fault them for winning 106 games. I mean, my goodness. The Giants had the best season wins-wise in franchise history. They're yeah, I, I I agree that it needs to be a best of three. Uh, let's let's not bring that up if, if Koki and Alex come on the show, because we will argue about this uh, like we did in the olden days uh, for an eight-hour podcast. So <laughs> I, I, I thought we were all on board with the three-game thing. But I thought not. Koki was um, not, but I, I don't I don't know. That was years ago. Who knows? But let's take a look at what's going down here tonight, because you got that run differential you talked about. The Dodgers are clearly the better team, but what's happening tonight? And again, our best indicator is starting pitching. That's the one thing you can really control in these games is who your starting pitcher is. Adam Wainwright starts for the Cardinals against Max Scherzer of the Dodgers. Scherzer was acquired by the Dodgers this year in a big trade. They also got Trey Turner, who turned into an MVP candidate. What a move for the Dodgers. They're they're loaded, man. It's just, it's nuts. But And Scherzer is going to start this game, and he might not be the best pitcher on their team this year. I, I think some folks would disagree with me on this, but I think it's at least close. Walker Buehler has been tremendous. But, so Wainwright this year is... 40 years old, 40 years old, and he's had a resurgent season for the Cardinals. He's got a 306 ERA. Max Scherzer has a 246 ERA and is probably going to win the NL Cy Young. So that's kind of unfair to Adam Wainwright. But Adam Wainwright has been really terrific. Uh, by the way, Scherzer's ERA since joining the Dodgers, it's under two. It's 198. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, they're postseason ERAs. Both of these guys have a lot of postseason experience. Uh, Adam Wainwright's is a three eight nine. A lot of time on those Cardinals teams that won a world, won a, won a, two of which for him. I, I don't know. Was he on that first World Series winning team? And I don't know, but at least one World Series win for him there. And then Scherzer at three three eight postseason ERA between that Washington Nationals World Series win, and then when the Detroit Tigers went to the World Series and those Tigers teams for for Scherzer, he's been for such a great pitcher. He's been around. Um, He's only pitched in each of them have pitched in one wild card game. Scherzer pitched in the wild card game for the Nats when they all won it all in 2019. They won that wild card game, obviously, but he was kind of net. He wasn't dominant. He was fine. And then Wainwright threw in the wild card game last year for the Cardinals, and they, I believe, lost that game. And then he gave up two runs in three innings, but he didn't stick around. So 
I don't know if there's a lot to read into that. The thing about the Cardinals is they're the hot team, but I think the Dodgers have the better team. And I think they have the better matchup pitching-wise because Scherzer's really good against right-handers. And the Cardinals' three best hitters, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Tyler O'Neill, are all right-hand hitters. So Scherzer seems to dice up righties, though it's interesting this year. He's only The batting average against is only slightly worse for righties, and actually let righties have hit more home runs off of him, though the slugging percentage is exactly the same between the two, really. I think it's off by a point. The interesting thing is he's walked a lot less righties. It, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but he, he walks a lot more le- lefties than he does righties. And so that's the big difference for him, which in a game where you're in a one-game playoff and it can be decided by one home run, it helps a lot if you don't walk people on base. So Edge, Scherzer here. It's nice what Rainrad's done, but Scherzer's just been dominant. He's he's probably going to win the Cy Young, so there you go. Um, Bullpen-wise, it's not as lopsided as the Yankees Red Sox thing we talked about, but the Dodgers bullpen has been surprisingly good this year. They've actually been very good. And I, I think they have the advantage there. And then lineups, I, I, all of this is going to say that the Dodgers are the better team. I mean, the Dodgers don't have Max Muncy tonight. He got hurt on Sunday as well. They still have the best lineup in the league, even without him. And like I said, I, I think it goes back to what we, we were both saying. If this is a, a, a series, if this is a, 100 games, even three games. I picked the Dodgers, but in a one-game one wild card, uh, all it takes is one bad pitch, and poof, your 106-game season is over, especially against a hot team. I I think I'm contractually obligated here to take the Dodgers. Uh, they're just way better, and they're playing at home. So I'm taking the Dodgers, but I, I have exactly zero confidence in this pick. Uh, and I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> that for the second-best team in baseball, but Thus is the one-game wild card against the hot team. I'll take the Dodgers. I don't like it. I don't like having to pick this game, but uh, uh, Dodgers. And one more thing about the wild card, if I may. If I may. Sure, sure. We talked earlier about how it's like unfair that like the Dodgers won 106 games and now have to play in the wild card game. Yes, I agree. What is equally unfair is if the Dodgers win this game, then the Giants, who got the one seed, have to play the Dodgers, who are the second best team in baseball. Yeah, that's 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 tough. <laughs> it it should be it should be reseeded by record once the wild card games are over. That way, like the the Giants get to play the Braves, which is a lot more fair than having to play the Dodgers. As much as Giants Dodgers is awesome, uh, I hope the Dodgers win this game. For the record, by the way, um, the, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but. I want to see Dodgers Giants. So yeah, I agree. I think that just having having the second or having arguably the best team in baseball make it to the actual playoffs, I think is just good for the sport in general. Um, I I also tend to pick the better team on paper. Uh, I think I'm taking the Dodgers. I understand that the Cardinals are hot. I understand some of the matchup stats you threw out there, and I also understand that it could go either way. Um, but I I just I have a really hard time looking at this team and and thinking that they're not going to find a way um, to play at least in the opening series um, in that NLDS. So I will take the Dodgers as well. Um, Before we wrap things up here, I had a couple of quick questions uh, on the MLB just to kind of close out on the regular season. Uh, Just a few quick things, if it's all right with you. Just wanted to kind of bounce it off, kind of what happened kind of a thing. Um, in the American League, I just wanted to very quickly laugh at the Angels, who continue to waste uh, talent of, of generational players. They won 77 uh, games, and uh, wow, yeah, Mike Trout's never going to win a playoff game. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, 
we it was a great tragedy that Trout got hurt early in the year. Yeah. Um, we only get so much longer to watch one of the greatest players of all time play. So that's too bad. But that, what a dysfunctional organization. Artie Moreno is a terrible owner. Uh, I, I hate to say it, he is. I mean, how do you not sign pitching? Like their pitching stinks, and uh, it's just it, it's disappointing every year. But Ethan, I, they I, drafted twenty yeah. pitchers. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Also, the Royals finished with 74 wins. That is higher than the 52-win mark set by your father's Baltimore Orioles, uh, which does, I believe, mean that on the double-or-nothing bet, Bill Jordan now owes me two root beers. Um, I will have to make my way out to Colorado to collect at some point. I got put in this bet. You did? Interesting. Yeah, he he put me in this, so I I almost thought I was going to have to buy you guys root beers because I thought the Rockies were going to be worse, but the Orioles were worse. Well, so so that's actually the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about because last time we were talking baseball midway through the year, it was the Rockies are one of the worst teams in baseball and no one's stopping the Mets. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they finished the season uh, four games apart right next to each other in the wild card standings. Uh, The Rockies seem to have figured it out, which I don't know is actually good for the Rockies. And I know you kind of explained it to me before, but what the hell happened to the Mets? Um, the Rockies, I'll start there. Um, I don't know. The, the Rockies are in a tough position because they're a small market team. And, you know, uh, Ironado's gone. Story's probably gone after this year. And they just re-signed, they just signed Antonio Sanzatella today to a, uh, a new contract extension. They've got an exciting young pitching staff. And, and they... They were a bizarre team. They they had like the fourth best home record in baseball, but they had by far the worst road record. So there you go. Um, they were a weird team this year. It was kind of fun, but they were weird. They were the weirdest team in baseball. Uh, the, the good old Colorado Rockies. Also, uh, they the did Mets, not they did not have the worst road record in baseball. I was it the D backs? Yeah, they twenty and sixty one. <laughs> the D backs were wow! What a miserable season! Oh, wow! Yeah. Uh, 52 wins the the, the new york metropolitans though i mean part of this is just they're the mets but uh, i mean here the the big killer for them was jacob degrom getting hurt uh he was far and away the leader in the cy young award he was by far in my opinion once he before he got hurt the best pitcher in baseball and then he goes down and that's just i it started kind of this tailspin for the mets Remember, their offense started the year slow. That got better, but Lindor was not what they hoped. It, they got mad at their their fans and players for fighting because they're the Mets and they do things like that. Like the Mets, and this was their division for the taking. By the way, that's what really kills. If like the Mets were in the NL West, it's like oh, the Dodgers and Giants got us. Oh well, they won 106 games. They were in the NL East where. The Braves, who won the division, their best player is out for the year, Ronald Acuna. The Phillies do Phillies things and don't seem to actually want to win the division. Like, that division was right for the taking, and the Mets just, they as soon as the ground went down, they really sputtered. Yeah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, that was really about all that I had. Obviously, we've got to wrap this up after talking for uh, darn close to two hours here uh, between the NFL and the MLB. But it's been a great conversation. Always great to have you on the show, Ethan. We'll get this cut up really quickly and put it out um, ahead of Red Sox and Yankees. And as previously stated, we will have a full MLB playoff breakdown and preview as soon as the field is set. Um, we'll get that all figured out. But yeah, busy busy weekend coming up for me. Busy weekend, I'm sure, coming up for you as well, Ethan. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, also look forward to talking about a little formula one with you uh sometime next week 
Oh, absolutely. All right, that'll about do it for us. I want to say thank you one last time for tuning in. I want to also throw a very specific shout-out. This is the first time we've ever done this in the history of the show. Um, but a very special shout-out to one of our most dedicated listeners, Aaron Hoover. Um, Aaron, obviously a friend of the show. Love to have him on at some point here. Um, but just wanted to say thank you to you and to all of you who tune into the show. Uh, couldn't do it without you. But, yeah, that'll about do it for us. For Tyler Henry, for Ethan Jordan, I want to say thank you one last time for tuning in. You have been listening to the TDH Sports Podcast.